Is your app visible in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store? Well, Gummy Cube can optimize your app to increase search rankings. See how they can increase your revenue with App Store optimization. And to learn more by going to www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. And thank you so much to Gummy Cube for supporting this show. Apptentive has given us a way as app entrepreneurs to get customer feedback directly within the app. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, apptentive, A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E dot com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much, Apptentive, for supporting this show. Hello, my name is Semyon Rushtain. I am CEO and founder of Cydrasoft, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Just to let you know, before we start this episode, that I will be making a number of announcements at the end. So stay tuned right to the end and you get to hear a lot of stuff that's going on with this podcast and with uh, other things that you can learn from. So stay tuned, but otherwise, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's uh, Paul Kemp. You know, I love, love this show. It, I get to meet some of the most amazing entrepreneurs and founders and, and CEOs from uh, literally around the world. And uh, let me just tell you very briefly that uh, before I set up this podcast, I, I, I got into technology and I always, always wanted this um, this type of technology that would charge our devices, charge our, um, you know, all the sorts of things that we use in our daily life. And I finally, after 374 episodes, I've got uh, a founder on the phone who's going to be talking to us about wireless charging in the age of connectivity. I'm really excited. Stay tuned for this. Of course, you can get full show notes from going to theappguy.co and it's episode 374. So let me introduce my guest. It's uh, Omri Lackman and he is the CEO and co-founder of Hummervox. And uh, we're going to talk about wireless charging. So Omri, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you for having me, Paul. Thank Th- thanks, you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I mean, this is <laughs> I'm so excited by this subject. 2009, I had this idea of throwing all your devices into a bag and having them charge automatically because there's wires everywhere. But how did you get the, because you've done something about it, obviously. <laughs> how did you get the idea for um, Hummervox? So actually, you know, back at the time, uh, my co-founder, Asaf el and myself, uh, were childhood friends, and he comes with electronics engineering backgrounds. And, you know, we, we came to this uh, or even stumbled upon this uh, from even, I'd say, an emotional place. Um, we were looking at wireless power at the time, uh, and all we could see uh, around was magnetic field induction. Um, aiming to charge smartphones, which is a pain we all know as users. I mean, we all have smartphones. They all run out of power. But at the time, as said from, you know, more emotional reasons, we were looking at at more, let's say, meaningful electronic devices like healthcare devices, home healthcare devices that are not used mostly by you and me, the tech fans. It's used by common people, uh, our folks, our kids. Um, and, and those devices seems to occasionally need wireless charging more than our smartphones. And the existing technologies at the time, and by the way, as we speak, uh, the more common technologies for wireless charging are those magnetic field inductions. And the physics behind those technologies is actually uh, a huge block from addressing 
any other device that is smaller, curved, um, and cannot be precisely placed by the user. So it means that you know wireless charging wasn't and still isn't really uh, seamless. And you know that was a strong enough of a drive to get us to do something about it. It's massively disrupting because I do feel like, it, uh, I mean, the vision for the future is that the whole world will not need any leads to connect to their devices. But where where are we at at the moment then? What Give us an example of uh, what you can do from a wireless charging perspective. So, like I said, you know, we, we wanted to bring wireless charging uh, to a way it's addressing or addressable uh, for multiple devices, not just smartphones or, or tablets or, or, I don't know, laptops. Um, so we wanted something that can actually be seamless. Everyone likes to say seamless, but when we say seamless, it means that, you know, we don't need to think about it. Like Wi-Fi, it's just out there for us to use. And so we looked around and realized that, you know, if we want to turn this into a real seamless experience, then it can't have just one uh, user experience or user interface for charging. It can't be a pad or a mat or a surface on top of which we'll place devices uh, because across the board, across market categories, across users, the experience is changing, the interface is changing, the user is changing. And we want to be able to allow the same user or a different user for the same type of device to charge the device in an intuitive way. So we basically looked around and realized that the common denominator for all of these, let's say, smaller shaping devices now called IoT and wearable tech, uh, the common denominator is that this is not a smartphone. We will not or probably not be just throwing them on the kitchen counter or bedside uh, like we do with our phones. We will probably store them, especially because it's tinier, it's more expensive. It's more personalized. It's not something we carry. It's something we wear. And so we wanted to create something that would cover all those various scenarios and allow uh, the device makers uh, or the manufacturers to basically blend wireless charging into their design desires rather than try to fit their designs into the physics of wireless charging. So what we actually do we developed a way that allows us to turn a volume into a charging zone. So what is a volume? You know, it's, uh, it's a phrase that we, we kind of, uh, you know, fumbled our way until we came up with it because, you know, initially when you look at our website or you look at our work, it looks like we're doing charging boxes. Uh, we're not doing charging boxes. We actually, we're not even a product company. Uh, when we say a volume, that's actually those places in life where we keep our devices or where we just uh, place them when they're in idle mode. Uh, a, a volume can be your car's cup holder when you step into your car and you just throw your smartphone in that cup holder because that's what people do. That's what we mean when we say, let's blend wireless charging into life. Let's tap existing usability uh, patterns that users already do, and let's blend wireless charging into those experiences. The, 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 Omri, first of all, this is great, and uh, I have to say, you're not doing some wacky experiment behind you because I know that there's a big thunderstorm. <laughs> we can hear the crack of lightning, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, talk that's, about that's nature. 
Yeah, that's just the guys in the lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Experimenting with the charging. Uh, so uh, let me just try to, uh, I mean, understand this then for the benefit of me and the audience here. Uh, are you saying that we can remove uh, our um, leads connecting physically to the device, but we, are we, uh, we, we have to actually put them into some kind of volume uh, rather than have them charge, for example, on our wrists? Correct. Okay. Um, so one of one of the things that we're not doing right now is charging over distance. Uh, even though you know, just to give you some background, so in opposed to the existing and more, let's say, common methods of wireless charging, uh, we're using RF radio frequencies and in usually higher frequency bands. So uh, around the bands that are used for wireless communications, and. Uh, it gave us several benefits, but you know, one of the first things we did was actually play around with shooting power over distance. And then, you know, when we did our own surveys and talked to consumer, we realized that people are not really looking uh, for uh, secret laser beams to charge their devices while you know in their living room or next to their bed. Uh, there, you know, there's a lot of consumer psychology around everything. And ultimately, when we're talking about wireless power, wireless energy, at some point, people would like to know, you know, where is that energy coming from? Um, you know, how, how effective this energy is. And so we realized that, you know, for wearable devices, uh, whether it's for healthcare, consumer sports, mobile, whatever, um, Users will keep taking the device occasionally off their wrists, off their uh, body, uh, whatever type of product we can think of. So, Omri, I have to say, Omri, just I mean, I obviously would love a future where um, when I walk into my home, that everything then is charging through some kind of Wi-Fi uh, where I don't have to think about it. And uh, I know that if you think about smartphones, remember all those scare stories that uh, when we first had smartphones that they were going to melt our brains and we mustn't put them towards our uh, uh, anywhere towards our head. And uh, that was, you know, obviously discredited. discredited. But uh, I guess with any new technology, there is a kind of fear that comes with it. Is that what you're saying? Uh, the main issue right now when we're thinking about power over distance, uh, whether it's throughout the room or even across... Uh, half a meter, for example, is the fact that, you know, wireless charging is all about efficiency. Uh, and as we know, you know, the, the, the rules of energy preservations are still there for, uh, for, our, for those of us who, who practice the physics of the technology. So when you're actually transmitting energy, especially in those forms of wireless charging that can actually be targeted uh, for a certain distance, uh, the energy loss is quite substantial. And, you know, there are, uh, you know, I might just say that, you know, right now one of the things that we did at Humavox uh, was join uh, the, the newly merged organization for wireless power standardization. And we're actually working with some of the other companies in our space. You know, we all have a common goal. So, and, and you know, we pretty much understand uh, what the various flavors of wireless charging are doing out there. And realistically, you know, I think we're very far off from a point where someone can actually shoot the necessary wattage uh, throughout the room um, in a way that will be safe and effective for charging. So what we're actually talking about right now is trickle charging. It's the ability to shoot uh, raindrops of energy throughout the room 
that may not charge your device, but may keep, let's say, you know, I guess my, I always find myself going back to the example of filling a swimming pool with shot glasses. Uh, that may take time, but if the swimming <laughs> Uh, but yeah. but but if the swimming pool is actually full, and then we have those shots or raindrops of of water or energy, then this will probably make things last longer. And this is the commonality where we see ourselves with the other uh, some of the other wireless charging technologies that are targeting power over distance. Right now, you know, regulation authorities, FCC. Uh, and equivalents uh, are very clear on what they permit uh, with respect to power over the air, especially when, you know, the regulation is already out there. I mean, we're using the same frequencies used for Wi-Fi, GSM, Bluetooth. And so the, the, it's very clear what you can and cannot do. Um, but I think that this is one of the most, uh, I'd say, key achievements or progress for wireless charging, having a single standard organization that will allow several of us uh, various flavors of wireless charging to come together and create something that is serving the purpose and the purpose is to ease the life of consumers you me and the rest of us yeah, Omri this is one of the biggest uh, problems that I think uh, I've uh, faced I guess it's a, mo a modern world problem but certainly uh, wires everywhere uh, you know, I'm sat here next to a plug point because I need to be close to it. Uh, the different connectors, it's just a pain. And uh, I have always longed for a world where we don't have to think about charging. It just happens around us uh, without having to. Correct. Yeah. So uh, this is a, one, a wonderful problem to solve. Now, let's talk about you and your journey it, w because you've got a great idea. You've got a great company. H how did you actually take you and your good friend, you know, how did you get it off the ground uh, and, and start the company and get the funding? So, you know, I'm, I'm coming with a personal, uh, let's say, uh, some mileage on the entrepreneurial highway. Um, ever since I can remember myself, whether working for uh, my family's uh, business, which is very far from the high-tech domain, it's actually in the industrial space, Ever since I can remember myself, I was uh, walking around uh, CNC, turning and milling machine, forging, raw materials, cutting, everything that takes a material and turns it into a product. Um, ever since I can remember myself, I was starting something from scratch, from an idea, bringing it to a point where it's being used by users and then moving along. So I'm also doing... Um, some early stage investments myself. So, um, you know, it was how you take this idea and how you take this ship uh, and, and actually start sailing is something that, you know, I have a pretty clear idea for myself as the person steering the ship, as the CEO of the company. Um, let's just say, you know, I, I always have this comparison where I say, you know, we're, we're as a startup company, uh, we're leaving the harbor we know or we think we know where where is our destination. And then, you know, the water is always told me, no matter what, it's always told me. And for as long as we have those lighthouses uh, that would remind us what is the real goal uh, for which we took this journey, we'll be able to get there. And if we have the right crew and each member of the crew is really fulfilling their position and 
destiny, then we'll definitely get there. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that it's all about the people. And if you have the right crew and if you really remember uh, what your true goals are, because, you know, throughout the way you can encounter numerous goals that usually tend to confuse entrepreneurs. How do you raise money? How do you put this right slide in the right presentation for the right investors? All of these distractions and background noises uh, can definitely get your ship to shift uh, from its course. So for as long as you can remain focused and clear out those background noises, then you'll definitely get there. That is wonderful advice. And I'm thinking for anyone who is... Uh, coming into this new, for example, listening to you, getting in, inspired by uh, you know the potential of doing something themselves. What would you suggest uh, to to them? Would be the biggest thing to uh, focus on if, if if they had to focus. Remember that whether you're developing an application, a web service, or wireless charging, focus on who you're developing for not on who you're trying to sell this technology to. Because engineers will probably keep working with engineers, and that's perfectly fine because without those tremendous engineers, we can't have products. Uh, but ultimately, and usually, we're developing for users. And for as long as you really find the right market and the right user for the technology or product or service that you're about to develop, then that will definitely get you there. So what I'm trying to say here is that ask the right questions, not the buzzword or trendy questions that shows on on various uh, you know web magazines and so that can ver- definitely distract people. And really ask the right question. And moreover, the most important thing is listen. I've seen this, you know, and this is probably coming from my investor perspective where I get to. Uh, take the side uh, corner of the table and look at the teams working and see how you can so easily uh, get distracted uh, just by listening or focusing on stuff that you read on some uh, blog that are completely irrelevant for you. But that seems like the right thing to do because billions of people are talking about it on Twitter right now. That that is what yeah that that's wonderful advice and I, I mean just the amount of noise out out there it sounds to me what, what and and how actually did you get feedback from uh, consumers and users give us some tips on on how you went about that. Um, the simple term would be have no shame, go out there, grab people and talk to them, and you know whether you're having a coffee uh, and asking your waitress, what she thinks about, well, you know, of course, if your product is relevant for her, uh, but really go out there and talk to people. I mean, for wireless charging as a concept, as a vision, um, you know, it it doesn't take a lot of questions because some things just goes without saying, you know, yes, everyone wants a cord-free world. So I don't really need to go out there and ask people whether they want it or not. But then, you know, it really comes down to the deployment. And I mean, wireless charging in its first generation, like every, you know, there's this famous Gartner uh, research on, on the adaptation in, of life-changing technologies or life-changing uh, contributions. And there is always this first curve uh, for several years where the f- this technology p- pops into life and usually fades in a certain way and then starts this 15 to 25 years uh, curve 
where the technology is really aggregating into life. And that's where we are right now. So it was really looking at, you know, what happened with wireless charging so far? Why have we been hearing about this for 10 years yet? I allow myself to believe that you don't have a wireless charging pad on your table right now. I know I don't. Uh, no, I don't. And, so, <laughs> and, and, and there is a reason for that. So some, someone was doing something wrong. I mean, they did a whole lot of right for sure. I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough to, sh- to, to share a table occasionally with some of the, of the admirals uh, who were steering this in the first generation. Uh, but the approach was wrong in many ways. And now we have the ability to learn from that and focus on markets, on verticals and segments where where maybe it's not as sexy. You know, when most entrepreneurs start their startups, they all want to sell to the Samsungs and Apples out there. I do too. But maybe it's more right to find those users or consumers who really need what you're doing. And through those platforms, you can actually escalate and bring uh, the goodness and, and the benefits of your technology and product. I mean, wireless charging, again, as our topic for this conversation, is something so huge. I mean, it's really supposed to take cords out of our lives. Uh, it's not something that can be pulled by a single company. The same technology will not be charging electric vehicles and hearing aid devices. I mean, you can't use the same technology for both. You know what? I'll, I'll re- revert on that because I, I, I can't say the word can't. But it's most <laughs> likely it's most likely that it won't. This is why the beautiful thing about the standard organization right now is that we see several flavors, several different technologies starting to sit around the same table and see how we can bring this to the well, basically to the benefit of common good. But when you do that and when you really find those areas, and I believe this is what Humavox did, and you know, even some of the feedback we're getting from our competitors, which we're fortunate to be able to talk with occasionally and get their feedbacks, uh, it seems like we did some right things along the way. So targeting those markets where the technology may not be as shiny, um, yet way more meaningful. Let me take this opportunity to thank my sponsors. App Store Optimization is the best user acquisition channel that you can actually get. Focusing on search ranking within the app stores can help you gain quality users cost-effectively. GummyCube has exclusive data and algorithms from thousands of campaigns to help you with App Store Optimization. These are the key ASO factors that they look at. App title, app keywords, app reviews and ratings, app description, app logo, app screenshots, app publisher name, app category, a lot to choose from here. And if we actually just focus on one, app keywords, for example, this is what users are actually looking for. You know, you're only allowed 100 characters. Picking the best keywords requires understanding your market. And actually, GummyCube can help you with this. They have a full app store optimization service. So why spend all the time trying to do this yourself? Just don't take the risk of missing any one of these factors. Go and get GummyCube to help you out. It's www.gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com, and start optimizing your app today. And let me thank GummyCube for being such a great supporter of this show. Apptentive have a great intelligent ratings prompt. So what does that mean? It means that you can drive five-star reviews, which obviously then means your app is going to climb the charts. Uh, So what you can do is you can prompt the user, ask the question, hey, do you like the app? Yes or no? 
it's pretty obvious that if they hit yes, you want to take them to the review page so they can leave a really cool review. If they hit no, you do not want to take them to the review page. You want to take them to the inbuilt messaging center where you can actually communicate with them two-way and find out why they don't like the app. So keep those criticisms off of the review page and help your app climb the charts by only driving five-star reviews to the review page. Uh, go and check them out. It's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. They will give you a free consultation. And thank you so much to Apptentive for supporting this show. And now let's get back to the episode. So Henri, there's two more things uh, we've got to do before we say goodbye to you. Uh, one is that uh, I no, I did hear you t- say that you do uh, take investments into other companies. So I, I'm just wondering, uh, speaking to you from an investor uh, with all these entrepreneurs listening to this show, what would be your uh, sort of big questions that you would focus on and ask uh, when potentially making an investment in a company? My personal, you know, I, I don't want to catch trendy buzzwords. So I, I won't say my investment philosophy because I, I don't work in being an investor. I have some great friends who does. Uh, so I don't have a philosophy, but uh, I only invested so far in technologies or products that I believe that can have significant impact on commons, common people's life. It can be a medical device, it can be a, a, a financing or payment service, but for as long as I believe that it can actually uh, impact life. I don't invest in, in good businesses or good ideas. Um, I invest in uh, greater people uh, that have great ideas, but only if those ideas can really make a change um, across the globe, across all people categories. The first thing I ask a person is, what are you trying to change? What problem are you trying to solve? Because many of the, you know, I, I meet a lot of guys, a lot of guys and girls and entrepreneurs of all sorts. And, you know, some of them have some great ideas for money maker, business product applications, whatever. That's not my cup of tea. Um, I'm looking for those dramatic impacts and I'm looking for that sparkling shine in the eye when someone is talking about their product or their invention or their idea. And I'm looking at them and usually, I don't know, I have the capability of understanding whether I believe or not that the person in front of me is actually capable of grabbing hold of a steering wheel and drive this boat or this wagon um, and execute their idea. Uh, Omri, that's great because you've just uh, said, what problem are you trying to solve is one of your big questions. That That is one of the massive themes to come out of all these episodes with uh, all these great entrepreneurs and founders is it's all about problem solving. And, and I try and re- reinforce that message time and time again to the apps to try listening to this because uh, too many of us get distracted by the noise, as you say, and uh, don't focus on solving a problem. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean... I can give you one thing that I'm always telling uh, the people I meet, you know, and some of them, and, and, you know, I always start by saying, you know, let's, let's put the presentations aside because most like, at least for the first part of the conversation, because mostly I would see 10 to 20 slides, 90 or 80% out of which would be stuff taken from the web because someone said it should be in the presentation. Realistically, I just want to hear out the person talking, not reading. I want to be able to understand. 
And, you know, and, and I'm never putting myself and, you know, I'm first and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur myself. As I said, I'm not working in being an investor. And as such, I understand the other side most likely better than I understand the investor side. So, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's really all about um, understanding what you're trying to pull. Why are you doing this? I mean, many of the, I, I would say that, you know, the majority of the people I meet are great, but, you know, they saw something or heard something and came up with something through their personal lives. And that something may be presented as the problem. Well, you know, in many cases, by the time the conversation is over, um, I think that they themselves, you know, realize that the problem maybe isn't as big as they thought it is. And, you know, sometimes maybe I turn out as the bad cop. But if I manage to save uh, that person uh, the resources, trouble, pain and gain of getting out there and potentially maybe even raising money because... You know, I would say one thing that is maybe very important for me to say in this context, and this is actually a part of a philosophy. I think that, you know, we, I, I always envision this as if there is a virtual pool of money out there meant to be invested in startups and in new innovation, disruptive ventures. And if someone is, is um, squeezing into that pool and manage to, to drain some of it, to something that is maybe not as meaningful, then that resource just went instead of someone that can actually be using that resource to bring something really greater. So I think that, you know, it's sometimes the investor's responsibility to not be judgmental because, you know, probably 95% of the stuff I see, I can't understand. So I'm never being judgmental, but I think that it's about responsibility for everyone to really ask themselves whether this is a cool application that's going to be making some money and maybe there are many ways to execute it or this is really something that I need to go out there and raise funds from private investors at first that will be putting in those 100k dollars on something that may be not as great. And Omri, this is a show about apps. So the final thing we're going to part with is uh, we cannot say goodbye without uh, asking for one or two app recommendations uh, that you could give us, you know, maybe one or two apps that we haven't come across before. One of which uh, would be, and I would first say that I'm very far from being non-biased here. Uh, One of them would be uh, Yalo, uh, which is a company I invested into. That's not an endorsement in any way. I invested into because I really believe that what they're doing is tremendous and great. And they're reinventing the phone or basically the dialer experience. So that's, uh, that's definitely something I recommend. It's available on Google Play and now uh, on iOS. And I would um, say everyone listening to this should have that on their phone because uh, Yossi Taguri, the CTO, was uh, on episode 358. And if anyone's listening to this and hasn't listened to that episode, they should go back and listen to it because it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. And again, not because I'm a stockholder or stakeholder there. It's because it's really tremendous. And, uh, you know, uh, the other recommendation would be to something that we all know, but I think that's one of my most used uh, application, which would be Flipboard. Right. Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, what sort of sources of news are you pulling into your Flipboard? Yeah, well, mostly technology sources. Um, 
And I guess it's not a shock, but yeah, most technology <laughs> sources of all sorts. You're allowed that. <laughs> yep. I do. Omri, <laughs> I have to say, this has been just the most enjoyable uh, conversation and the first time we've actually had a guest who has had to go through a horrendous uh, thunderstorm and keep so professional and so, uh, well, you know, energised. So thank you so much for, uh, you know, like bearing with us while, while uh, all hell breaks loose behind you. Yeah, it just turned into blizzard. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Um, now, all uh, your contact details will be on uh, the show notes. So uh, for anyone who uh, cannot write this down because they are driving or uh, mowing the lawn or running away from a thunderstorm, it's uh, episode 374. Go to the app and go and search for Omri Lackman. Uh, but for the time being, Omri, how best can people connect with you and, and reach out and get in touch? Um, either email or LinkedIn would probably be the most uh the quickest and best ways to contact me. T- terrific. Okay, Omri, thanks so much for coming on the App Guy podcast. Uh, listen, all the best. Uh, uh, I'm definitely going to have to get you back on when I'm, uh, I, I actually have a wireless device that's ch- or a device that's charging wirelessly. Uh, that's not my toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I invite you, Paul, and all of your listeners uh, at CES. We'll be showing some cool stuff, and that's coming quick around the corner. And you can always catch up on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, what we're doing, what we're up to. So, um, yeah, let's we're keep heading towards a courts-free world. So, well, we well we're all we're all supporting you. We've all got your back. It's uh, we would uh, literally. I think this is the first time 100% of this audience is behind uh, the idea. So, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. I appreciate it. Remember, GummyCube are the experts when it comes to App Store optimization. They can give you big data analytics software for App Store optimization and for mobile marketing. They use DataCube, which is App Store intelligence software, getting all the data from App Stores and not by scraping the web. To go and launch a campaign, go to www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. Thanks very much for supporting this sponsor. Also, my other sponsor is Apptentive. Apptentive are offering a free 55-page ebook on how to get the best ratings and reviews. Uh, to find out more, just go to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's apptentive.com forward slash appguy. And thank you very much to Apptentive for supporting the show. So just a few announcements there. One is that I'm going to uh, Apps World. That's in London on this Thursday, the 19th of November. In fact, it's a two-day event, 18th and 19th. Uh, but I'm just going for the 19th. And I would love to meet you in person. I'm only going really for networking and uh, meeting as many people as I can. So if you are going to Apps World, it's in the Excel Center in London, then please do get in touch. It's uh, paul at theappguy.co. Let me know you're going. Or best still, Twitter, uh, paul underscore s underscore kemp. And I'd love to just say hello, meet up with you, have a coffee. And also, I'm going to be taking this podcast back to five days a week. It was five days a week. It was always five days a week, pretty much. And then over the summer, we reverted to three days a week because of my workload. Well, the fact is that I, um, I've just got so many great guests to speak to. I did uh, an online survey, a poll, and a lot of people said they would like to go back to five days a week uh, to get through all the content. Uh, so in that case, I will be reverting as, as long as I can to try and do five days a week. Uh, that's an episode Monday through to Friday. And uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I have got two new sponsors to cover this, uh, these, two, these two new episodes per week. And uh, they're called Smarto 
and uh, the Split Metrics, um, wonderful sponsors, very relevant to us. And so, yeah, just expect that an episode per day from Monday to Friday will be coming out. And I'd love to continue to try and improve this podcast, improve the content that you're getting. Uh, let me know by getting in touch, paul at theappguy.co or Twitter, paul underscore s underscore Kemp. And the other thing is, if you're not on my newsletter, then you would have missed uh, the fact that I have just been written about in The Examiner. It's a pretty big publication. They have about 20 million uh, views per month. And uh, I just want to say thank you to Sam Fourline, who helped me get this interview. And uh, you'll be able to uh, either uh, just read my newsletter, you go and sign up at theappguy.co for the updates, or uh, you can actually just search Paul Kemp, uh, The Examiner, and uh, you should actually see uh, something called Interview with Paul Kemp, host of the chart-topping show, The App Guy Podcast. It was a great experience. It was good to get on The Examiner. And I've actually, um, I'm going to use this as a way of promoting the show a lot more and uh, being able to build up my profile as well. I'll let you know if there's anything I learned from this whole process, but it's been terrific to get on uh, such a big website. Also, I am on the homepage on Product Hunk fairly frequently. They've just updated their homepage, front page, uh, which means that they're now including podcasts. Uh, and that means that a lot of uh, people are actually posting me on Product Hunt. So I'd love you to come and say hello, leave a comment or feedback when you see the App Guy podcast on Product Hunt. Uh, you can either just go to the podcast section or you can go to um, the homepage. Hopefully I've got enough upvotes to Hopefully I've got enough uh, support. I may even end up being on there, uh, the homepage. And uh, if you do have a favorite episode, I'd love you to hunt me. It's one of the um, sections of Product Hunt where uh, you can actually hunt and get onto the um, featured page uh, for podcasts. It's not something everyone can do for tech, but it at the moment is something everyone can do who has commenting or submission access. Uh, which I have one or two left as well um, to give you the rights to submit. So submit your favorite episode of the App Guide podcast to Product Hunt Podcasts. And if you need instructions on how to do that, I can let you know. And, and thanks for just, it's just a wonderful way of supporting the show. And also, I was really excited uh, that uh, this is the week that I got into Bloomberg with uh, the project I'm uh, undergoing with the project I'm working on at the moment called Eyeless. Uh, I love your stories, Eyeless, the distraction-free creative writing tool. And uh, Bloomberg wrote about us, which uh, also was in the newsletter, but uh, you can also uh, just um, search uh, Bloomberg and uh, the title, Can an App Really Cure Writer's Block? Uh, if you're struggling to find it, let me know and I'll uh, just send it across to you. It's pretty cool. And uh, I have got a strategy of how to use this uh, use this feature to uh, get into the press and TV a lot more with um, Eyeless, uh, eyeless.com. So, um, of course, if you're struggling to write, it's really helped me write. Uh, it's eyeless.com and I uh, really recommend it. Otherwise, if you haven't missed all that and you've um, been on my newsletter, thank you very much and uh, look forward to then delivering another episode with you shortly. <laughs>